Hello and welcome back to the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Neufeld. Today we got our first episode of April here, so I wanted to do a wrap-up of some things going on in the news, including the federal budget that was released last week, some changes to oil pricing, a few things with minimum wage, new taxes, um, and one little wrinkle with a lawsuit for YouTube influencers promoting FTX. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you're new here, once a month or so, I like to look at some things that aren't necessarily always going to be relevant, but things that are happening right now that you might be thinking about. And the feedback on these episodes has been really positive. So thank you so much for those of you who have commented on those. But I like to keep these ones short and just give a little bit of an overview of kind of what's going on with some things in the news. So the main thing that you might have seen recently, some headlines, is about the federal budget. And I know the budget is probably the least sexy way of discussing what's actually going on. But budget, when in terms of the federal government or provincial governments, is essentially just defining for the general public how they plan on spending their money or accruing more money over the next year or many years. And so oftentimes when there's new programs put in place or new benefits or new taxes during the budget is when those are announced. But for those of you listening, my typical listener here, there aren't many new things to announce here in terms of new taxes or new benefits, but I'll just talk about a couple of them briefly and then we can move on. The first one has to do with something they're calling the grocery rebate. Call them politicians, but really this is just a marketing exercise here. It has nothing to do with groceries, but what they're trying to do here is that for anyone that's eligible for the GST rebate, you'll be getting a one-time payment to theoretically help with the cost of groceries that have been increasing over the last year or so. So for eligible couples with two children, this would be up to an extra $467. And single Canadians without any children, up to $234. So this isn't massive, but you can expect a couple hundred bucks coming your way if you qualify for the GST rebate. My opinion on this is is that this is a little bit frustrating because this budget was intended to be something that addressed affordability for the middle class and... Based on what I saw in the budget, there was very little in that regard at all. And this was kind of their big headline thing that they were doing. Well, how does inflation happen? I've talked about that a number of times here, but inflation happens largely through additional spending, too much spending on not enough product. And so when you give people money, yes, it's all well and good. We need to feed ourselves and everything. So I'm not going to poo-poo this too much. But when you spend more money, it drives prices up even more. So the underlying causes the more complicated causes of inflation, of which there are many, weren't being addressed in this budget or by any other mechanism that I can determine. And so this feels a little bit like fighting fire with gasoline a little bit because if prices are already high and you just give people more money to spend more money on higher priced goods, guess what's going to happen? Prices are going to keep going up. So I don't think it's going to move the needle necessarily, but it's also not going to do anything in terms of affecting inflation. The second thing that they change that will affect most of my listeners is RESP changes. So the the big thing that they change there is increasing the amount that you can withdraw from an RESP plan in the first 13 weeks of the program. We don't need to get into this too much, but essentially it'll allow you to take out more money right when you first start. So the the change is now up to $8,000 for a full-time student and 
4000 for a part-time student. Again, this theoretically could help out with the rising cost of tuition and books and room and board uh, and things like that because the one of the only restrictions that there are on RESPs are the withdrawals that you can make in the first semester. I think the intended purpose there is to limit how much you can withdraw right away to prevent people from fake applying for school and then just emptying the account. They want to create as many incentives and disincentives for one to continue on with a long program. So like, say, a two-year diploma program or a four-year degree or beyond. But this change will just make it easier to cover off more of those costs in the first semester of a program. And for a lot of people, if you're moving away, a lot of those first-time costs might be incurred in your first year. You're getting your first computer. You're getting your you're getting your dorm set up, all these different things. And so this is good. This, that was a welcome increase. Now, what they didn't change was how much you can actually contribute. So those of us with kids, you can't actually contribute any more or receive any more grant on the way in. It just allows you to empty it a little bit faster. So, you know, <laughs> you could be one of two minds on, on whether that is a really good thing or not. Beyond that, in the budget, there was nothing meaningfully different. There was a lot of things that were rumored in terms of taxation, and most, most of the things that actually came forward will affect very, very, very few people. Most of the budget here was geared towards incentives for sustainable fuel generation and many other green initiatives. Some of them were needed to go hand in hand with what the U.S. is doing and so remaining competitive in certain industries. And some of it is a little bit of greenwashing, but needless to say, this budget had very little to do with the average Canadian. Speaking of the average Canadian, most of us are driving cars or eat food and all these things that are affected by gas prices. And so two changes that have happened recently that will affect gas prices include a voluntary change in oil production by Saudi Arabia and some other countries within OPEC. So OPEC, O-P-E-C, is an organization of petroleum exporting countries. I guess I should just say the acronym. And Canada is not part of OPEC, but these countries produce some of the highest volumes of oil in the world. And as a result, they can kind of move prices because the more they produce, the more the price goes down. And the less they produce, the more the price goes up. And a lot of these countries are solely reliant on oil and gas revenues to fund their countries, especially since COVID, you know, in 2020, no one was flying, ships weren't moving, all this kind of stuff. And so oil prices, if you remember, they went negative for a while. And uh, you can't sell a barrel of oil for less than nothing and to sustain that for very long. So what happened was a lot of these countries were really scraping the bottom of the barrel no pun intended, for for tax revenues or royalties from, from resources. And so now that prices have kind of normalized and the world has normalized, now they're kind of sticking their finger in the wound here a little bit and saying, well, if we just reduce our output of oil, we can kind of keep these prices exactly where we want them to be. So Saudi Arabia in particular, they have decided to cut their production by 500,000 barrels a day let alone the the reductions from from Iraq, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Kazakhstan, Algeria, Oman, and Gabon. I hope I'm pronouncing that one right. But by reducing production, that means oil prices are going to go up. So what does that mean for you? If you drive a car, if you ship anything, essentially higher oil prices just means higher inflation. 
So that is going to make things really challenging for the Federal Reserve. That's the the central bank in the United States in particular, as they adjust their interest rate policy based on inflation. And so if oil prices meaningfully increase, I'm not sure if they will or, or if they'll just kind of stabilize here at the higher price, but that can make it really challenging to actually fight inflation based on something that you can't really control. It's just an external price setting from other countries. So this one will kind of be a a wait and see moment. For us here in Canada, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because our economy is so reliant on oil and gas revenues that if we can get an artificial bump in the price, that's usually good for the economy because of additional royalties, additional taxation, and, and on exports, we can make more money that way. However, we all have to live here and drive our cars and whatnot too. So it's a good news, bad news thing when, when prices go up. Another reason that prices are likely to go up here again soon is because the carbon tax increased. I'm not going to turn this into anything political, just something that I'm going to mention here. So the federal government has increased carbon pricing from $50 a ton to $65 a ton. And so in many jurisdictions here, you can expect a few cents increase on a liter of gas based on this change. Along with that, one change that's that's going to happen on the other end of the coin is the federal minimum wage is actually set to increase. That was on April 1st. So by the time you're listening to this, it has already gone up. However, this only affects federally regulated private sectors, such as banks, postal and courier services, and interprovincial air, rail, road, and marine transportation. There's a few others, but the increase will help around, according to the government, around 26,000 Canadian workers. And so the minimum wage is is actually going up with the uh, consumer price index. So that was 6.8% last year. And so it was going up along with that. So the federal minimum wage is going up by $1.10 all the way to sixteen sixty-five. So even though you're likely to pay more for gas and there's a new alcohol tax and some other things that have gone up here, unrelated to the budget, these are relatively planned, but for those folks on the federal minimum wage, your your wages will be increasing. Likely not enough to cover off these additional increases to be completely transparent here, but those are just the main changes that are happening right now. On a completely different note, I saw an article last week talking about how a number of influencers on YouTube in particular have been sued through a class action lawsuit for promoting the failed cryptocurrency exchange FTX. Of course, those that were named in it are, are kind of, they're saying they had nothing to do with them. They didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. And the others are saying, well, you're promoting something that was proven to be fraudulent and you didn't do any due diligence on who you take promotional from. And so the lawsuit is pretty crazy. It's a billion dollars in damages brought against content creators. And so anyways, the only reason I wanted to mention this, just perhaps a word of caution from who you take advice from. So a lot of these content creators were on YouTube, they've got podcasts and making money on podcasts is difficult. I I really don't, I don't do this to make money, but many content creators, this is their job. And so if someone is willing to pay them to shill a, a product not really going to ask too many questions if the checks keep coming. And so you want to be careful about who you listen to and take with a grain of salt the sponsorships and promotions that these people are are promoting. And so there's, there's a lot of crazy stories about people that have lost a ton of money by following the advice of, I'm going to call them unlicensed content creators, giving financial advice 
whether specifically or passively over the internet. Even celebrities, there's been a number of celebrities that have been sued for their for their role in promoting FTX and other crypto exchanges. So this isn't necessarily a knock against crypto in general, but when something appears too good to be true, it probably is, including certain investments that appear to only go up. You want to be careful about that. So in this lawsuit here, it says that FTX could not have arisen to such great heights without the massive impact of these influencers who hyped the deceptive FTX platform for undisclosed payments ranging from tens of thousands of dollars to multi-million dollar bribes, it says. The lawsuit claims that YouTube played a central role in how influencers promoted FTX, noting that the video streaming platform is more popular than network television. Following the collapse of FTX, several of the lawsuit's defendants scrubbed their YouTube channels of all video clips endorsing FTX and praising Sam Bankman-Fried, who's the founder of FTX and he's likely to go to jail for a very long time, and replaced them with apology videos, the lawsuit claims. Hmm. So I hope I don't say anything on this podcast that that will ever lead me to making an apology video or anything like that. So anything that you hear from me that sounds like it could be investment advice that is unintentional because I don't know you and I don't know your situation and I only give investment advice to clients. So I also don't take sponsorship. I don't have any ads on this podcast for a very specific reason, not because I'm scared of money. It's because I don't want any outside influence over the messaging that happens here. And as far as guests on the show, I actually have a policy of not accepting any inbound guest requests. So the people that are on my podcast, I have generally reached out to them first. And so I can control exactly what is said. And I bring on experts and interesting people that I know will provide valuable education and informational content for you as my listener. So I'm not dancing on anybody's grave here for uh, for seeing certain financial influencers being sued for thousands or millions of dollars here. So that's that's not what I'm saying, but but just as a cautionary tale for anyone who watches YouTube or listens to podcasts, be careful who the sponsors are, who might be influencing the content that you're listening to. Anyways, that was a quick roundup of a few things that are going on right now. Thank you so much for listening. And next week, we've got a great episode coming out about the first home savings account. I didn't talk about that because it was announced in the last year's budget, but now they're actually finally coming. And so I've got a great guest coming on to talk about all of the details and some tips and tricks for using the first home savings account. So be on the lookout for that next week. But uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. Any rates of return or investments discussed are historical or hypothetical and are intended to be used for educational purposes only. You should always consult with your financial, legal, and tax advisors before making changes to your financial plan. Evan Neufeld is a certified financial planner and registered investment fund advisor. Mutual funds and ETFs are provided by Sterling Mutuals, Inc.